So today's the first day of class. Today's the first day of class. I teach at 345, and I wrote my syllabus yesterday because I thought I wrote it months ago, opened my document to format it, and then discovered that I had not written any of it. Oh, not stressful at all. No. <laughs> no. But it looked beautiful. It is. It's great. I at least made a template a couple months ago and found that, so I could work with that. So I can come to this class? You can. That's legal? Well. <laughs> <laughs> great. That, that I don't know. How many people are in your class? 32. Okay. I did not want to come to a class where there were like 10 people. No. I thought I will stick it's out like a sword. 32 thumb. EWM majors. Editing, writing, media. Oh, okay. My peeps. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm never going to say my peeps again. Well. Well. (laughs) Welcome to episode 84 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Chris Jensen, and I made too much cake last night. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. We are recording an August reading recap today. Hooray! And the location is different. The location is different. We're recording at my house... Because I have to go to work teaching in a couple hours and cannot drive to Thomasville. So I came here. Yep. Hashtag dedication. Hashtag bookshelf on the road. Oh, I'll take a picture before I leave. Okay. Um, all right. So yeah, um, August was actually a pretty good reading month for me. So July felt like a bit of a slump. Um, but I will say that most of my August books are like highly recommend titles. So Excellent. I'm super excited to talk about them. So the first one you read is Department of Speculation. Okay, Department of Speculation by Jenny, and I'm I'm so sorry, Offil, or Offil, O-F-I-L-L, I think. Um, Department of Speculation came out a few years ago to some pretty great reviews. I bought it um, in paperback format when I visited Sundog Books earlier this year, um, and as happens with a lot of backlist titles, it kind of sat on my nightstand. Um, but if you'll recall, I was reading Swing Time by Zadie Smith, right. which is huge, and a lot. Right. So I put a pause button on that. After our com- I feel like we talked about this on the podcast. I put a pause button on it because it was wrecking the rest of my reading. Right. I will happily go back to it, but it was like destroying my rhythm. And I picked up on a whim Department of Speculation because turns out it's the perfect book to read in one sitting. Mm. Like don't don't pick it up unless you want to read it straight through. What is it? So it is a novel um, about a marriage narrated by the wife. Okay. Um, we never, I do not think we ever learn their names. Um, the title comes from when she and her husband were first kind of in love, meeting each other, dating. They would write each other letters and they would address them to Department of Speculation because they were thinking about all the possibilities for their future. Like, I see. Um, and the book... To me, it could be for fans of Fates and Furies, anything that kind of takes a closer look at the ups and downs, ebbs and flows of just a normal marriage. There is no huge plot twist in this book. There is no um, kind of, I don't know, there's no climactic moment. Mm -hmm. It's really just, this is a woman reminiscing, thinking about her married life, um... And, and kind of all the things that led her to this point, it's beautifully written, really beautifully written. Um, and just, just kind of a thoughtful look. And I like books about normal things. I feel like a lot of times I read books where something gigantic happens or this kind of, this moment of doom or, or this moment of beauty happens. And this is just kind of real life, um, written in a beautiful way, Mm -hmm. um, 
I think I would also recommend it for fans of Crossing to Safety by Wallace Stegner. Um, She also weaves in kind of weirdly like little notes about physics or science. Like Mm. it's just kind of a quirky, it's a really quirky book. Um, But I had read some reviews by some friends, um, you know, some readers, fellow book lovers on Instagram and whatnot. And this one kind of consistently got really great reviews. And now I see why. I think I wound up reading it in two sittings. I would not recommend that. Um, I would really recommend starting it and just reading it straight through. Perfect for airplanes. Perfect mm-hmm. for sitting by the beach. Um, n- not light fiction to me. This it's but fast. But fast and and because of how it's written and because there aren't a lot of characters' names floating around, like you just really want to sit and be enmeshed in this world for you know a couple of hours. You don't really want to pick this one up and put it down. Right. Um, which made it perfect for. Um, for me and for when I needed to read it. Um, so a great backlist title. I highly recommend Department of Speculation. Awesome. The second one is the big book mm-hmm. of the fall um, in, let's say, 90% part due to Oprah. <laughs> yes. Um, the Underground Railroad. Oprah moved the release date or the influence of Oprah yeah. had the publisher moved the release date of this novel up like a month and a, a half. Month. Yeah. Um, cause we were all, we received this box mm-hmm. months ago mm-hmm. and were instructed not to open it on pain of death. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had been speculating yeah. and taking bets. Yeah. Um, about not, what it would be, not monetary bets about <laughs> what it would be. And we were all wrong. We were all wrong because, because we were looking at publication date. Yeah. We were looking at publication date and, and it got moved. This one got like moved. six weeks, which honestly, that truly is the power of Oprah because that does not happen. No. Like I think it'll get pushed back. Yes. It won't get moved forward. No, like else. I, I don't know if I would have known that before kind of entering the book world. Like I think as just a consumer, I would have thought, Oh sure. That's normal. Or I wouldn't have known at all. Right. right? But now that I'm in the book world, that is unheard of. Mm-hmm. So that is purely Oprah and the power Oprah still holds, despite the fact that she is not really regularly on television talking mm-hmm. about books. Like only about how much she loves bread. Is she talking about bread? She has a commercial, and I don't see a lot oh. of commercials, but it's all just, I love bread. Wait, is it the Jenny Craig? Is some? I don't even know. Oh, it's she, just about she bread. She that she loves bread. Um, well, she loves bread, and she loves this book. Uh, so this is so her... Tell us about the book. Yeah, this is her Oprah book club book for the fall, um, The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. I loved this book and I know that there are going to be people right who specifically don't read this because mm-hmm. of the hype right um, or because well it's Oprah so that means it's not literary enough or I don't know people have all kinds of bias biases but this book is worth the hype so this is kind of what I'm telling people whatever your thoughts are on Oprah whatever your thoughts are on books that get too much publicity this one is beautifully written. The premise is pretty simple. Um, what if the Underground Railroad, which we all know to be kind of this figurative, figurative term, um, what if it was a literal railroad? Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's all I really want to say. I mean, he does a beautiful job of kind of focusing on one protagonist, um, but he also tells the stories of kind of her mother and her daughter. And it starts on a South Georgia plantation. So, Topical. Yes. So I feel like people in our region should give this one a go. Um, and then it kind of follows the protagonist from South Georgia to 
um, I think Virginia, and you're just you're watching her kind of try to make her way north using this um, literal underground railroad. Um, now, I have heard people talking about how they have friends who have been confused and don't yes. realize that that part of the book is very much fictional. Yes, which okay is hilarious, but I will give some credence to it in that it's written so well um, <laughs> that honestly, and I you know I, our friend Hunter McClendon does not read flaps or, or right. cover language, and so unless. You make him. He did tell me. I have done. Um, But so I decided to try that trick and just kind of pick up Underground Railroad, especially when it was released early. I thought, okay, I'll try this one. And so when I started it, I immediately thought, oh, no, have I been wrong about the Underground Railroad my whole life? Like, and turns out, no, I haven't been wrong about the Underground Railroad my whole whole life. This is just really well-written fiction. Um, So... Yeah, it takes a look at what would have happened if the Underground Railroad was literal. And I love, not only is it obviously a heavy story and one right. one covering some really heavy topics, but it also is kind of an interesting look at our country because, it ta- because it's a railroad, right? You're taking trips to these different places. Right. Um, and so I love that. I, I think this book, it's definitely going to be on my top 10 of the year. It's so good. I can't wait to be done with things so that I can read that and several (laughs) other things. One of those others that I want to read is Pond um, by Claire Louise Bennett. Um, Friend of the podcast, author Anton Scofani posted on Instagram this weekend um, a picture of both those books next to each other with the caption, In Conversation. So I'm really curious now about really what Pond is about. Me too. And how it talks to the Underground Railroad. Because, I mean, we both were educated in great books programs, so we know all about and think of books this way as being in conversation with each other about ideas. But now I'm really excited. Oh, I'm super curious. Um, And I took home the Pond ARC. Yeah. So now maybe I'll put that at the top of my list. It's such a beautiful cover, and it's Riverhead, so it has to be good. Yeah. Um, That is kind of how I feel. It's going to be great. So Um, that one... Comes highly recommended from many people. Okay, I'm going to have to put that one on the top of my list for September. Um, yeah, so the Underground Railroad. Really, really love that one. In a, I think, pretty different vein, you also really liked um, You Will Know Me. Yes, very different. Um, which it, I think is really important to do. When you read a book like Underground Railroad, it, it's like, I've talked about this so many times on the podcast, but it's the most um, apt example I can think of. Like when I read Station Eleven and then followed it with The Royal We, and it was like... <laughs> Okay, well, very different, very different. <laughs> and I was too hard, I think, on the Royal Weed because I was coming off of Station Eleven. So I read The Underground Railroad and then Megan Abbott, who's one of my favorite suspense writers, wrote this book um, called You Will Know Me. And I thought, well, I like Megan Abbott. This won't be too light um, for me to like just dismiss it entirely mm-hmm. after reading um, Underground Railroad. So um, also, we were smack dab in the middle of the Olympics, and right. I am an Olympic fanatic. <laughs> and I know you find that hard to believe, but I really do <laughs> love the Olympics so much. And You Will Know Me um, was all about a family in which the daughter is a gymnast, and she's trying to achieve like Olympic status. And it's kind of what happens to that family as they try to help her achieve her goals. Mm. Um I think because of the cover and because of Megan Abbott's previous work, a lot of people are thinking of this as a thriller. I'm specifically calling it a suspense novel. Um, I think when Hunter, Hunter read this one too, when Hunter and I talked about it, it's really a family drama. Mm -hmm. This one is for fans of Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng, um, Reconstructing Amelia by Kimberly McRae. Those are two comp titles that I think are pretty similar. This one 
is one of those I had trouble putting down. Like, mm-hmm. I really liked it. It was a page-turner. Um, because of when I read it, it just felt very timely because I was reading it while the final five were performing. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, to me, just super timely, um, well-written. I love family dramas. And, yeah, I just... If you haven't read Megan Abbott, so far she has yet to disappoint. Um, and I think we've talked before about when your favorite authors come out with new books, kind of there's a pressure associated with that. Um, and I was nervous about that, but I actually really wound up liking You Will Know Me, and I think it fit perfectly in my in reading rhythm this month. So Awesome. And the next is one that I have been trying to get you to read for weeks based on the cover. Yes. <laughs> um, and you finally did. I did. Um, called The Hopefuls. The Hopefuls by Jennifer Close. Um, so I had read some of Jennifer Close's other works. I think she read uh, she wrote Girls in White Dresses, um, which I liked but didn't love. Um, but The Hopefuls does have this striking cover, and I really liked this idea, not only because I was coming off this book kind of about the Olympics, right, or about um, Olympic competition, Um, I love reading books that are timely and the hopefuls is all about this young married couple and the husband has just finished working on the Obama 2008 campaign. And I love DC. I love visiting DC. And to me, books are just made even better when you have been to that city. I know we've got a customer, Suzanne Alexander, who loves reading books about Mm -hmm. the places she's going, not travel books, but like books that are set in Paris or books that are set in San Francisco. And last summer, Jordan and I, Jordan and I visited DC. And so I love getting to read this now because I feel like DC is still fresh in my mind. Um, It's kind of an insider's, I mean, it's definitely fiction, um, but it's an insider's look, I think, at DC and at what campaign life looks like and what politics looks like when you're kind of married to it. You know, I think fans of Emily Giffen might like it, but to me it was heavier than that, Mm -hmm. um, weightier than that. To me it's the best book Jennifer Close has written. Um, I read it over the span of a, I think a weekend, um, just because I was really, I really desperately wanted to know what happened to these people. And they weren't all likable characters. Mm -hmm. Basically it's this, um, young married couple. And then they befriend another young married couple who, with, who also have political aspirations. And you kind of see what politics kind of does to relationships Mm -hmm. and what it does to people. And, and, Oh, it felt so real. And I love the West Wing, and so this reminded me of the West Wing. Some more West Wing than House of Cards. More West Wing than House of Cards. But certainly some House of Cards elements, House of Cards elements, but definitely more hopeful, pun intended, a look at politics. And regardless of your politics, like, yeah, he worked for the Obama campaign, but this is fiction. Like, regardless of your politics, this is really enjoyable book. Speaking of the Royal We, if you liked the Royal We, if you like um, Curtis Sittenfeld's books, like Prep, um, I think this is all kind of in that vein of realistic, you know, there's a romantic aspect to it, but it's really about this married couple and kind of how they face the challenges of of living in a very political world and this woman adjusting to life in DC, which mm-hmm. revolves around politics. And so I, I really loved this book. Thank you for pushing me to it because yeah. I really did enjoy it. I think you said something like, I'm going somewhere for the weekend. I need a book. And I was like, take this one. <laughs> it had been one that we had been talking about for ages. Right. And it's just one of those that if probably if you hadn't stuck it in my hand, it would have gone by the wayside and probably, I, I would suggest read this now if you're going to read it because after November or mm. or maybe after the inauguration in January, it might not hold the same 
um, interest or wait. Like I think now is a really great time to read it, especially if you're bored with um, the real politics that are going on. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'll say about it. Um, but yeah, you might want to pick this one up. Very, very, very different kind of book. Um, <laughs> the next one on your list is Girl with the Lower Back Tattoo. By Amy Schumer. Mm-hmm. Um, so not everyone will be fans of this. Um, I'm, of course, sticking you in the same camp as, you know, Mindy Kaling, Lena Dunham. Probably more Lena Dunham than Mindy Kaling. It's another, like, comedic memoir. But one thing I really like is Amy Schumer seems very relatable and down-to-earth. Right. So the world that uh, Lena Dunham lives in is not Amy Schumer's world. Like, I think they connect and I think they're friends, but I think they're ra- they're growing up looked very different mm-hmm. from each other. You can kind of get that from Amy Schumer's comedy, and you certainly get it from this book. A couple of things I really loved. There was a chapter about her being an introvert, which I was just astounded by. I just assumed, of course, she was an extrovert. Um, so that was kind of interesting. The chapters um, she wrote about her father, um, who I think has multiple sclerosis or Lou Gehrig's disease. I'm so sorry. He has one of those. Mm. But those are really bittersweet chapters. And if you've seen the movie Trainwreck, the dad in Trainwreck is kind of based on her dad. And so those were really, I thought, really well done. And then she also, she's been keeping diaries since she was a teenager. And I love that. (laughs) And so she really has these real excerpts from her diaries. And then she kind of annotates them with her current thoughts on her old opinions. And those were delightful. Um, I liked this one. It's not necessarily as well-written as, to me, Mindy Kaling's, um, Tina Fey's, Lena Dunham's, but to, it's kind of similar to, like, Amy Poehler's, where you, there's there's a couple of really great gems. Um, she's crass, so, right. I mean, I'm throwing that out there, but hopefully you already know that about Amy Schumer. <laughs> you don't know Amy Schumer. Um, so, yeah, there and there were some parts I was like, oh, oh wow, yeah, <laughs> TMI. Um, but enjoyable um, interesting. She's an interesting person. And so it wasn't the best book I've read all year, but, but I'm glad I read it. Thought it was pretty good. The not the last one, but the next lesson, the last one that you have finished, I guess. Oh yeah. Um, kind of the opposite story of the hopeful is where I kind of told you not to bother, uh-huh. um, before the fall. I wanted to talk to you about this one and I specifically did not talk with, talk to you about it. The moment I walked in this door, I <laughs> wanted to, cause I was like, no, we're going to have this on record. Good. Um, so tonight I'm actually headed to my book club, mm-hmm. um, in which we will be discussing Before the Fall. Everyone who has read Before the Fall that I have talked to, I, you know, I haven't talked to my whole book club, that'll happen tonight, but everyone in the store, everyone on the internet, everybody loves Before the Fall. And let's talk a little bit about that. It's written by Noah Hawley, mm-hmm. who wrote, who has written several novels mm-hmm. that I have not read or heard of. Um, except from the jacket copy of the book. But he also wrote the first two seasons of the television series Fargo, mm-hmm. which I think are incredible, probably the best action drama, action light, um, best drama on TV in the past five, best drama since Breaking Bad, I'll say that. Yeah. Um, yeah, rave reviews. I have never, I'm sorry to say, I've never seen Fargo. I can't figure out how to watch it. Um, because I don't know what channel, like... It's on FX. You can watch it through the FX Now app. Can I watch old episodes now? Because that's my problem, um, is now it's... I don't think so. Yeah, now it's too late. You can probably buy it on iTunes or something. Yep, that would be a legal good thing to do. Yeah, probably the easiest thing. Um, and it is that good. Okay, so you would say worth, worth yes. laying um, down the cash. 
and uh, I'm going back a couple years now, but like season one of Fargo came out around the same time as True Detective season one, okay, which people loved. Okay, I think Fargo was far and away a better show. Okay, that deals with a lot of the same themes. Okay, um, um, well maybe Jordan True and I will buy it. True Detective's not that good. <laughs> maybe Jordan and I will buy it um, because I have heard excellent things. We like the movie Fargo. Um, I, I think it's. In, I, in, I know this is divisive, but I think it's better than the movie. I would probably agree with you there, um, because my feelings on the movie were kind of mixed, actually. Sure. Um, but, but anyway, Before the Fall. Yes, Before the Fall is written by Noah Hawley, and it is basically a plane crash book. Right. And I think um, the two podcasts that I have heard talking about this book have specifically said, don't read this on a plane. Meh. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. Like, sure, don't read this on a plane. Um, but it's basically um, these 11 people get on a private plane, and within the first, like, four or five pages, they are all dead except for two and a young boy survives and um a gentleman survives and then kind of through flashbacks and different chapters we get a glimpse at each passenger so very lost lost yeah super super like lost um i like the action in this book i like the suspense aspects of this book i do not understand the hype of this book. And I'm scared to say that because I, I have friends who have loved this one. Um, Sarah Turner, one of our customers, like, adores this book. Um, I thought it was... I will, I will tell you what was hardest for me about this book. Um, I loved the story, the premise. I thought, like, the, the plane crash was written really... Like, you are on the edge of your seat, kind of uh, right along, <laughs> along for the ride. <laughs> um... But then in these flashback moments, Noah Hawley clearly is trying to make um, kind of not even political, but statements of some kind. Like one of the people on the plane is a big time cable news, um, cable news mogul, Mm -hmm. clearly a Fox News kind of person. Noah Hawley does not really, I mean, he does, but his point isn't political, but he's trying to make these grand to me, grandiose statements about cable news. Mm-hmm. And like, so to me, there were just large chunks of each chapter kind of devoted to, to ideas about news and what news looks like now versus the old days. And like, and that kind of takes you out of the story. Yes. Like the story parts of this book, I was, I was there for it. Like I, I thought, okay, yeah, this is good. Um, but I mean, there were like, Jordan told me, I finished it late one night, and he was kind of half asleep, but apparently I i don't remember this, but apparently I turned around and whispered to him, this person was trying too hard. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I felt like. Like It just felt like he was trying to get me to have these feelings about cable news or about wealth or I'm trying to think of some of the other. It just felt like he would go off onto these little diatribes about things that I just, I only cared about what happened to these two, char- these two survivors. Right. Um and all of that partnered, coupled with the fact that I loathed the ending of this book, <laughs> which I'm sure we will talk about in our book club. I'm afraid because of spoilers, but the ending of we'll this book... We'll just say book, it's not good. Yeah, the, or it wasn't... It was not for me. <laughs> After all of the time I had invested in the story... I felt a significant letdown at the end. Um, I want to say 
that I am alone in this right. pretty much. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, yes, it's been on the bestseller list. I have heard nothing but rave reviews about it. However, without going into too much detail from some of our, our inside information from the book industry, it does, I'm speculating here, but it does seem like the publisher may have too many copies uh, that they're trying to get rid of okay. based on some emails <laughs> we may have received. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that is true. You're right. I'm thinking now. Yeah. And I, to be fair, I have not read actual, like, I didn't, actual, I'm using air quotes. I haven't read reviews from, like, the New York Times. Right. I don't know. I just know customers love this book and some very trusted readers. Right. And it was touted as the big book of the summer. Yes. And it is. And it, it is. Been. I mean, we've sold several copies, and 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 people I whose taste I trust enjoy this book. So I want to say, if you're on the fence about Before the Fall, try it. Give it a shot. It's certainly one you could pick up and immediately know. Like, I knew... You knew. I did. Me mad. I, I took the ARC <laughs> home when we got it, and I read the first chapter, and I said, I'm sure this is fine. This is not what I enjoy reading. Yeah. And later, when I brought it back, you asked, would I like it? And I said, I don't think so. Yeah. And, and I, I was right. You were right. And, I, <laughs> and it makes me frustrated, but you were right. I knew I knew within a couple of chapters yeah. um, that this was not going to be for me entirely. I'm excited to talk to my book club about yeah. it. Lots of things to talk about. And divisive books make the best conversation. Yes. So really, it's a plus. Yeah. So I would say if you're on the fence about it, try it. You will know pretty quickly if it's for you. And just go into it knowing Annie didn't love it, but a lot of people really did. Um, and I don't want to belittle that I, because I think it's honestly purely a, not a taste thing, just a personality thing. Like, I just didn't like it. That's taste. Um, yeah. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. But other people might. So, yeah. Before so, the fall. Tentative yes. Tentative <laughs> well, yes. But watch Fargo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or Lost. I, the first few seasons. I don't want to put those in the same category. No, <laughs> they're but, very different but kinds of shows. Lost is very much like Before the Fall. Like I kept thinking, okay. this is Lost. It's Noah Hawley's Lost. Yes, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. All right, our last one is one that you haven't quite finished yet, but mm-hmm. you will probably by the time this goes live. Absolutely. Um, it's called Another Day in the Death of America. Yeah. So speaking of just trying to balance out books and trying to establish kind of what we read when we read it, I was coming off Before the Fall. Felt kind of ambivalent about it, um, so thought I would try a nonfiction um, and decided to read Another Day in the Death of America. It's an ARC. Um, the book itself isn't coming out until October. Um, basically, um, Gary Young is a journalist from The Guardian, and he picked a random date. Um, I think the date was actually November 23rd, 2013. Um, and he wanted to see how many children died on that day by gun violence. Oh. And then he took... There were 10, and he took each child and devoted a chapter to their story. Not so much about, like, them and their upbringing, although that plays a part of it, but kind of, it's really a book about gun violence, and um, and kind of, you know, were these gang-related, what, you know, the, gosh, the first, the first chapter that I read, these children range in age from 9 to 19. Um, the first chapter was about a nine-year-old because he's going in chronological order according to the day. Um, so who was shot first, kind of, and who or who passed away first. And so the, the first chapter is about this nine-year-old little boy who oh, the, somebody knocks on his door and he opens the door and he is shot. Um, it is heavy. Yeah, um, it sounds rough. It is heavy. 
I feel about it so far like I felt about Ghetto Side. Mm-hmm. Um, important, important, but hard to read. But hard to read. Um, in fact, when I picked it up after Before the Fall, because Before the Fall is fiction, but it's about a plane crash, Jordan, and then I was choosing between Another Day in the Death of America and Miss Jane. Oh, right. Which see. is also heavy, it right. seems like. So I, would different. Ha- I sometimes will hand two books to Jordan and be like, tell me which one I should read next. And I handed these both to Jordan, and Jordan was like, is there nothing lighter you could be reading right now? Um, fair. <laughs> fair point. Um, because Miss Jane is also extremely heavy, or the premise sounds heavy. Um, but Another Day in the Death of America is not super thick. I, I feel like if I don't read books like this, I can't sell books like this. Right. And I want to be able to tell people, hey, this is important. Um, I've heard people say, well, if people say it's important, then that means it's boring. That is not what I mean when I say no, it's important. No, it means it makes you feel bad. <laughs> it means... And people really don't like feeling bad, but we need to feel bad sometimes because yeah. there are things that happen that we need to feel bad about. You at least need to be aware. Right. And if you, you know, and regardless, and I think he's very upfront and interestingly... And weirdly, there's a correlation to the Amy Schumer book I read. She has a chapter um, because of the shooting that happened in the theater that was showing Trainwreck. So she has a chapter devoted to that, um, which I thought was really interesting and really well done because I think it affected her deeply. Mm -hmm. So I think it's weird that kind of all of these things are rather serendipitously, I'm reading them at the same time. But Amy Schumer was clear. Gary Young is pretty clear. Like, regardless of your views on the Second Amendment, this is just important so that you know what's happening. Um, So that you know, just because in my very safe very safe world. This is not my reality. This is some people's reality. This is some people's daily life. Um, So it's basically 10 chapters, each chapter devoted to one of these children. Um, He's sticking in statistics and, you know, weaving in things like that. So to me, the closest comparison would be ghetto side um, that I have read. I will want to sell this in October because I, I hope people read it. I just think it's important. Um, it's not... Some chapters are better written than others. Sure. Um, you know, he's he's a journalist, and so this is this reads very journalistically, um, but, but I'm glad I'm reading it, and I think other people should read it too, so... Don't hide from negative experiences, guys. That's right. Well, and to me, someone like me, right, who lives in a really safe environment... Books are some of the only ways we can learn empathy right. and that we right. can kind of we can kind of take other people's experiences onto ourselves. Um, and that's why I read books like this, because right now this isn't my reality. Uh, I don't live in a neighborhood where I have to worry about that. Um, my skin color and, you know, makes it so that I don't have to worry about that. Right. So one of the only ways that I can really, truly learn empathy and I can truly walk around in somebody else's shoes is by reading about it. And so that's why I'm reading this. And that's why I would recommend it to other people, too. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. That's August. That's August. I cannot wait to see what I read in September. (laughs) Starting with, what did we say? Miss Jane, Pond. Miss Jane and Pond are at the top of my list. All right. So we're going, I'm going to make sure you read those. Okay. (laughs) All right. As usual, you can find full episodes of From the Front Porch on iTunes. You can also find full episodes on our store website at www.bookshelfthomasville.com. And we have a lot going on in the store. And you can follow some of that behind the scenes on our social media. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Bookshelf Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next week.